Summer school is officially in session. Welcome into another edition of the Hops and Spirits podcast. We're into June, and that means summer school 2021. And we kick it all off this week with building innovative brands with slow brews and slow spirits, or slow stills, excuse me, out of California. We're joined by, I uh, hear in just a little bit, by Rod Sigelski, who is one of the co-owners, founders of the different brands, and their, uh, one of their brewmasters, Kobe Collins. It's a wonderful interview. Uh, I got to try a few things after uh, the interview from them. Uh, they do some amazing products, and it's really cool to see what they're making out there. Uh, but before we get to Summer School 2021, uh, or at least the first ep- episode, don't forget that we're going to have a fun summer with uh, next week, How to Start Your Whiskey Collection. Uh, we're also going to be summer beers and cocktails and so much more, so stay tuned to our social media, at Spirits. All one word on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok for a lot of fun. And also stay tuned to our Instagram page uh, for our superhero fundraiser to benefit Casa of Madison and Clark Counties in Kentucky. We'll be giving away six different bottles, at least six different bottles. We got Izo Spirits Mezcal two times. We got two of those. Traverse City Whiskey's North Coast Rye, Chicken Cock Rye, Still Austin, the musician bourbon and Stellum bourbon, and who knows, maybe a little bit more. Go to our Instagram page or really any of our social media pages. Follow the instructions. Click the link in our bio to see how you can enter and donate. Uh, when you donate, you get a lot more chances uh, to win any of these bottles, which some are a lot harder to find than others, as some of these are very regional brands, uh, but they're all making really damn good stuff. Uh, but like I said, we're here for Summer School 2021. Let's get it started. Joining us here on another edition of the Hops and Spirits podcast is we're part doing our summer school session 2021. Uh, we're talking about building innovative brands, and we have two great guests for you this week. We have Rod Sigelski. Did I say that right? You sure did, Jonathan. Awesome. Who is a co-owner, founder of Slow Brew, and Kobe Collins, one of the brewmasters there. Guys, welcome in. Thank you. Thanks for having us, man. This is awesome. Now, now, I always like to start things off with one tough question. I feel it's a good icebreaker. And since we're talking about summer school, I figure I'd make it a school-related question. So for you all, it's did you sit at the front of class or the back of class? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Sure, sure. All right. I definitely sat in the back of the class for a long time <laughs> until I realized that I had really crappy vision and I couldn't see anything <laughs> and was failing in school. And so... The teacher figured out when they did the eye test that I needed to be up front and get glasses. And from that point forward, I sat in the front all the way through college, always in the front. I didn't have that problem because I wore glasses already, but I sat in the back of the class until I got in trouble and was forced to be in the front. <laughs> so. I, I like that. I, Rod, I was the same way. I, I, uh, I think it was in elementary school when... All of a sudden, I, the teachers realized I couldn't see the board. I didn't realize that completely, but uh, but yeah, now now I wear contacts, and I I, I want to say by college it was just wherever I felt comfortable sitting or, or near friends. But uh, but yeah, I was back of the class unless I was forced to sit up front because all the other seats were taken. Oh yeah, and the glasses at that age were so goofy. Anyway, they've gotten much better, but thank God I've got Lasix now, so that's you know they just cut your eye, fix it. Yeah, no, I'm looking looking forward to that because uh, I'm I think I'm getting tired of putting a contact in my eye every every day. Recommended but. highly, <laughs> surf a lot better. That's now, my biggest concern actually about wearing glasses all the time. Once I learn how to surf, what do I do? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Just get get those nice little uh, you know straps nice on. 
band on there and you'll never lose them, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Now, now, as part of our summer school series, one of the reasons I, I was very happy that you guys came on is uh, you guys have done a lot of a lot of interesting things in, in the brewing, distilling, uh, spirits, hops world, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I guess it all started with uh, Rod was with you and uh, Hamish, your, your other co-owner, um, acquiring Slow Brewing. So how did that process go? And um, Well, I think it, it, it was a, um, you know, we were both in a position that this was kind of like a little bit of a second life for us. Uh, I was retired early uh, from selling and growing a, a company. He was a builder who had also been had some success. So, you know, instead of buying, you know, fancy cars, that wasn't really us. We thought, how cool would it be to, to try to resurrect this old brand that we kind of grew up loving. It was, you know, Slow Brew is a 32-year-old brand now. It, it started the same uh, era as Sierra Nevada. Uh, it's one of the, you know, it's the longest lasting brew pub on the central coast of California. And, uh, but it had some notoriety and it had some distribution early on through Trader Joe's and some cool brands like Fat Weasel and, and uh, our Blueberry Ale. And, uh, and it just kind of disappeared. It went defunct, but stayed alive. And we were able to pick it back up. And we said, you know what, this brand has really got a lot to us. You know, I, I've had, a, a, like, I think I drank my first real, uh, you know, alcohol beverage up in Slow Brew. Uh, we both saw concerts there with our wives. And, you know, Hamish is Australian. The first place he landed in the, in the Central Coast, he went to Slow Brew and had a beer. And so we had a lot of this history and kind of love, and it seemed really romantic. I will tell anyone who's listening who thinks buying a brew pub and going and launching a brewery is, is a smart idea, I would say it is not a smart idea. <laughs> it cost us a hell of a lot more than we thought, and we really had to get out of the little four-wall business and build a full facility, you know, and that's where the likes of Kobe and Steve Courier, we had to, you know, number one, convince some good brewers that we were going to actually do something and make some beer and that counted. And what was really cool is that kind of evolved that, you know, we found out that beer is the great is the great basis of making whiskey. And it kind of blew my mind. And I went, well, shoot, we can make we can make whiskey. And we started making whiskey about five years ago, just on the side. And then that had blossomed as licensings changed and opportunities changed so we could start Rod and Hammers and Slow Stills. So we had we have our Slow Brew umbrella and then we have our Slow Stills umbrella. And uh, and now it's really it's really quite a cool little platform because we 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 made up our minds a long time ago that Slow Brew is going to be about, you know, handcrafting. Uh, the slow experience, which the central coast of California is this real experience for those viewers who've not been here, come here. It's awesome. It's not LA. It's not the Bay. It's a really beautiful uh, open coast. And we just love it. We just wanted to encapsulate every that everything in that in our brand. And that was through spirits and good times. So if we're having good times and we're making some kind of spirit, we're in. And, and then how did you and, and Hamish meet? Because he's from Australia, correct? And, yeah. and you're a California guy. I mean, was it just by happenstance? The next thing you yeah, know, you guys he, love he beer. Yeah, like he should be like the surfer, but he literally sinks in the water. <laughs> and uh, he and I, I should be like a great skier. And he's a fantastic skier and like motorcyclist, cowboy guy. And I don't, I don't do any of that stuff. So it's really funny. We've got our, our land team and our sea team, 
and we but we both we met actually just as uh, a social media you know one of our restaurants and friends and we uh, I, I've already had businesses in Australia from my last life and I really like Australia so we hit it off really well and our daughters ended up going to school together and you know riding horses together and and our wives are best of friends and we travel together I mean we still to this day we do work you know in a couple of weeks we're gonna all go down to Mexico and have a great time but we we spend a lot of time together as family so and, and then uh, Kobe uh, how, how did they uh, wrangle you in to, to be part of this exciting venture yeah. <laughs> um, well I, my wife and I were actually living up in San Francisco before we moved down here uh, we lived there for a while I was brewing up there for a while and uh, uh, we really wanted to get away and you know I was talking to these guys a little bit came down to visit them saw the facility and that's really what drew me in it was the facility it was our brewmaster and then it was Rod and Hamish that just like kind of just sealed the deal really wanted to get out of the bay and moving down to the central coast was just amazing so it was I once I came down here and saw the place I was like yes I will take this job please <laughs> yeah and he brings with him a lot of creativity and enthusiasm for the you know you can't really make it in the beer industry what we found quickly by putting slow brew on a label and saying IPA or saying blonde, even though they're beautiful beers, but there's a, there's 4,000 breweries and there's, you know, out of that, they're making six beers each 24,000 flavors. So if you don't stand out and you don't innovate and you don't create something different, it's really hard to make your mark. It's hard to win the tap panels. It's hard to win the shelf space. And, and that's important. You got to get, you know, lips to glasses. And and if you're just one little place, then you can only do it out of your four walls. And what he brings is a lot of creativity to say, I understand this. I can do this different because his past experience brings a lot of uh, infusion and innovation, which we love. I was going to say, Kobe, what 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 got you into brewing? And and because uh, you know, for some, it was they were doing a different day job, and they were like, "Nope, not for me anymore." Is that that your way, or were you always a guy that wanted to be in the brewing industry? Um, you know, my my wife one birthday like twelve years ago bought me a Mister Beer kit, and I made a really crappy homebrew. Mister um, Beer kit, that's his right. And I like, I just kind of fell in love with it, and I homebrewed for a long time, and then got my uh, finally got my footing in the door at another place, and I just fell in love with the process. Really, um, I've always considered myself to be pretty creative, and it's a really, it's been a really great way to uh, be able to and capture that really, and be able to do that. So it's, I just fell in love with it. Yeah, no, I I remember the first time I tried to homebrew, and I I'm pretty sure I uh, almost destroyed our uh, oven. Our, our stove because I didn't have the right equipment <laughs> and uh, our house smelled like hops for a few days. <laughs> yeah, homebrewing is pretty difficult compared. Like once you get all the right equipment and machinery, it brewing's way easier than than that. <laughs> that that's good to know, but I don't know if I'll ever be be, be going down that that route again. <laughs> uh, uh, Rod, you know, you, you talked about launching, you know, acquiring slow brew, bringing that back to life, then slow still stills um but you, i mean you guys have now got several several products um i believe you have uh, is it tio rodrigo tio and, rodrigo uh, right here and then uh, porch pounder as well so can you talk a little bit about um th those two and, and then just wh why expand into those realms well again i think you know it's all about uh we're a little we're a little boat and we are very agile and it's nice that we have restaurants and uh, tasting rooms that we can experience people. Uh, but like our vibe here is we didn't want to just feed people beer. Uh, we wanted to 
feed them, you know, whatever, we want to please everybody's palate in the house. So when we licensed all of our tasting rooms, we actually over enveloped with the liquor license. And that allowed us to make great cocktails, whether they're beer cocktails, barrel aged uh, whiskey, that also we did the barrel aged beer in it. You know, he just made a beautiful banana stout that we had with our pairing last night that was barrel aged in our whiskey barrels and it is awesome. And so for us, we live in wine country. Um, both Hamish and I personally have, you know, uh, grapes on our property. Uh, and uh, we have a partner in Porch Pounder, a young guy who's also our head distiller. His name is Paul. And Paul's family owns a really pretty winery up here. But he and his partner had a great idea in college to start canning wine. They were the early innovators and they called it Porch Pounder. And, uh, and he met us and he goes, I just need you guys to help me. I'm just a one man band. So that was kind of the start of our platform, right? So we said, well, yeah, we have salesmen, we have licensing, we have the ability, let's, let's bring it in. Let's, let's offer some more to the same customers. Uh, and we're doing the same with our seltzer launch, with our Cali squeeze. We're doing the same with our, sorry, our lights just went out, mm -hmm. but, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we, we're doing all of these, these, uh, additions because you know, we, like I said, we realized being a, you know, single brand was not going to help us make this happen. We had to be a little bit more uh, agile and see where the market's going. And, and honestly, thank God we were because packaged goods in this last year of COVID uh, really took off. And if you were just dependent on, on uh, only uh, the keg beer and the tap industry, you're really quite screwed. So for us, we were able to get package out direct to consumer. If they, they go online, they can get, you guys can go direct on slowbrew.com and get our wine. You can get beer, you can get whiskey, you can get full strength cocktails, and you can get micheladas, you can get our corn chip beer. It's all there. And, they, and, and because of what happened during COVID, that made that available for us. And so that was really fortunate. It really carried us through the darker months. And then, you know, you kind of mentioned the, the, the different brands. What's it like balancing, uh, you know, the, those different brands? Do they all kind of complement each other or is it a little bit of, uh, uh, I don't want to say trouble, but obviously instead of focusing on one name, you're focusing on three, four, five now. Uh, what's that like balancing? Yeah, you know, I, I, it's not easy. But, but in a lot of you know, guys' portfolios, if, if you're really just talking about the, the selling and telling about product, it's really not difficult. It's, you know, it's one presentation. And uh, the certain, certain ones really seem to go good because they're not competitive. You know, our Cali Squeeze line doesn't compete with the Michelada line. Our, uh, our Pink Lemonade is, you know, it's not, it's not challenging anything that already exists. The whiskey is sold a little bit differently and we have to go through different distribution partners, but the canned wine basically goes through all of our distribution partners and our, and our same outlets. And, and then you mentioned the, the Cali squeeze line. Am I correct that you guys are working now with Firestone uh, Walker on, on that or, or transitioning the brand to them? Yeah, that has been official uh, as of a few weeks ago, and uh, we are really we're really pleased with the relationship with uh, David and Adam, uh, David Walker and Adam Firestone. Um, they've been 
they've been actually really close to us uh, for a long time. They've always been friends and advisors as we've grown this, and they have a past history with Slow Brew as as their their original fi their facility up here was originally the Slow Brew that went defunct, and they were able to take over and of course expand it and make it into one of the most premier uh, breweries in the U.S. And uh, but we'd always talk to them about it. And again, our strategy was always to build up brands and in a different way and, you know, get them off to like high school age and then let them let them grow up and go to college with someone else. Because, you know, we don't we Hamish and I, we don't really want to have that burden of saying, yep, we can go launch it nationally and we can go move this product up. You know, it's a lot of it's a lot of work. It's a lot of money. It's a, it takes a lot of effort. And and we don't really want to expand our facility to be a huge facility. We want to be right and tight. We just want to be an incubator of really fun products and and use our same core team. So out of this transaction, this they will be taking uh, control of the Cali Squeeze uh, beer line as well as the seltzer. And we uh, will finish that transaction probably around June 30th will be where we'll actually go slip slip. But we're working on it all right now, changing over the distribution and, and working with their sales team. But, but we're really excited about it. And, and we know that they're going to really uh, help raise that child to become something special because I, I think Cali Squeeze will be something special. And then on the slow brew side, you know, the, the Cali Squeeze was is, was kind of one of your main lines. But you guys are also pretty heavy in, in the IPA a world uh and with some seasonal loggers uh kobe can you talk a little bit about that uh yeah i mean so i'm an ipa drinker myself that's my favorite beer um favorite style of beer uh but so we have our our main mustang ipa just a delicious west coast ipa right we're a west coast brewery so we do those really well regardless even though they're not our uh direction really um but then yeah we we've actually been really diving into loggers lately um, getting pretty pretty heavy with our main one, Cerveza Clara, uh, which is a TO brand. Um, super Scummy. delicious lager brewed with rice, really nice, clean, and crisp. Um, and with that, we've been experimenting too with like our pink lemonade lager and uh, trying to go a little bit more into that route because that is what's really piquing a lot of our interest at the moment. Um, and we did stuff like the, the Taco Works lager. We have a local taco uh, chip company here called Taco Works. <laughs> Um, and we collaborated with them and brewed a tortilla chip lager, which we, I went and grabbed like 400 pounds of tortilla chips from them and brewed a lager with that. And that actually ended up turning out really, really well too. <laughs> it literally, we started off as just like, this is one of the oldest cool brands called Taco Works in our area. And it's super like anyone who comes here goes, oh, I love Taco Works chips. And we were just coming on Super Bowl and we're like, wouldn't it be cool if we could just make chips and beer in one can and, you know, just do it all. And at first the thought was like, I thought it was going to be like gross. And, uh, and he explains to me, he goes, no, we'll do it. We totally can do it. So he, you could tell him what you did, but literally I got pictures of him pouring in mm. bags and bags of chips into the hopper. And I'm going really he goes, well, it's corn. It's just corn base. That's all it is. And it, and he, what'd you add to it? You, uh, we, besides the, the chips, um, we added some lime zest oil too, as well, just to make it, to give it a little bit more of that real like chippy salsa -y type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the base beer was just a really nice light lager. And then we subbed in, normally we use rice instead of rice. We decided to use chips. Like I said, it was mostly corn. Um, we did get chips though, prior to being seasoned. oiled and seasoned because the oil wouldn't be good. The seasoning's too strong. 
Um, once you try Taco Works chips, you'll never go back to other tortilla chips. They're the best chips in the world. But they would have been too much yeah, this before is. that. <laughs> but so it was awesome. Like even our own, like the Instagrams or whatever, when we put it on there, everyone was like, yes, this is insane. But then the question was, yum or yuck? And <laughs> surprisingly, it's yum. I mean, I, it's one of my favorite beers we make. And it's and we just we'll, we'll continue to do it during Cinco de Mayo. Like right now, we have it in a lot of facilities out because of Cinco de Mayo. And it's it was it, it was a big hit. I was going to say, I mean, Kobe, I'm guessing that it's fun to work at a place that lets you uh, kind of experiment like that. Because I don't feel like every place would be willing to do that. I mean, they might to some degree, but I mean, mm-hmm. that that has to let you guys do some more fun things. Yeah, it's fantastic, honestly. Um, we always take a little bit of a risk because right now we, we brew on our 30-barrel system. So when we do a batch, <laughs> it's a lot of beer. Um, and it definitely was a little bit of a risk, but I... I trust myself and I trust our brewmaster to not put out bad beer. <laughs> um, so with both of us, like I, I was talking, I was thinking about this beer for a while, and I was talking to him, and he's like, "You want to do what to start?" And we just kept talking about it, kept talking about it, and then he was like, "You know what? Let's do like let's change, let's do it this way, and it'll be perfect." And it ended up being, yeah, it lets us do stuff like that. Um, and you know, building brands like Cali Squeeze are really the thing that let us do that too, right? So. I wish that we could brew really small batches of beer so I could get really crazy, but <laughs> we'll get there at some point. Yeah. Yeah, it is hard. It's a small brewery. It's like to, to help them keep their uh, their juices going. I mean, uh, the the listener may not know, but you know, we make a lot of seltzers. We make some for ourselves and we make some for other other players. And when we ask these guys to start doing it, you know, seltzer seems really magical, but I feel like the best description is you're asking brewers who are chefs to make jello. And because you're basically pouring, you know, a lot of sugar into a batch and, you know, boiling it down, adding the yeast so you create this alcohol. And the consumer loves it, and then you add some flavor. And we do it, I think, better than most. I think we've really worked out some systems with our distillery uh, equipment uh, that we've made some really beautiful seltzers, but I'm blown away how, you know, we're having to ask them to do that for their innovation instead of doing something that they really love to make, which is, could be a beautiful pour, you know, just, you know, they, they have so many other things like our barrel age, uh, beers program through our, our leftover barrels from the whiskey is so exciting, but you know, what sells sometimes you got to follow what sells and seltzers sell. That, that is true, and you adapt, adapt with the market. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm guessing the, the, the goal, though, is to still, you know, people want to come back and try different things, yeah. uh, you know, from time to time. So I'm guessing that allows those guys to do it, though, on a larger scale, uh, which can go good or bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's always, yeah, there's always that risk. Um, talking about good and bad, this is really good. And... Uh, it's taken a long time to make it really good, and when you see this come out of, and anyone who's a Michelada fan, uh, this is with no additives as far as and preservatives or food color. This is all 100% real Michelada, and the color and what it took to make this so it didn't explode in cans, because these guys are really smart, took a lot of doing it right. But we had a lot of failures, but now we've actually uh, perfected this Michelada that uh, when you get it, and I'm sorry you don't have it in front of you, you will love it. The nose (laughs) on it and everything is just spectacular. We have it both in mango and uh, blood orange and just original 
but the heat's just, it's, it's just that pick-me-up beer, you know. It, of course, Micheladas were kind of like the hangover beer. That's how you'd have them if you had a rough night. You'd start with Michelada. They're a little bit lower alcohol, probably about 4% on this. Yeah. And we used, uh, what do we do on this one? Uh, what do you mean? The base is, is our hef. Yeah, yeah. So we went with the hef base because we wanted to make it a little bit different. Typically, people like to make um, the, like, Micheladas with, oh. like, lagers or really light beers. But we started it off with our hef base because we wanted to stick with that really overall fruity beer and then add in all this nice spice right um this is the hardest thing we've done if i'm being honest the hardest the hardest beer product that we put together yeah this was um, easy compared to that yeah uh it took a lot of trial and error but i think we really dialed it in and it it's, has the right kick and it's i'm a big fan yeah no so so people when they first say you just got to think of it as a bloody mary of beers you know, it's really a beer cocktail, and uh, and it was nice that we hit this during, again, the pandemic, where people were able to try new things and were buying a lot of product. But uh, for sure, Tio Rodrigo's is something that we are really excited about. So now that we've made this transaction with uh, Firestone on the uh, Kelly Squeeze, our new direction and focus will all be on Tio's. I was gonna say, Kobe, what's it what's it like brewing so many different styles? Because is there ever a point that that Rod or, or, or Hamish comes to you and goes, "Hey, I want to do this," then you just look at him with a a stare, like, I, uh, "You you sure about that?" <laughs> uh, I mean, that happened when the Michelada came about. They we had a meeting one day, and they're like, "Guys, we're gonna make a Michelada," and I was like, "What? <laughs> really? That's what you like? How do you want to do it? What do you mean?" I know. Um, but honestly, it's been great. Like uh, before I came here, I was I was. I liked what I did and I, I think I was fairly good at it, but coming here and learning all these different styles and brewing under a brewmaster like Steve, who, who just has so much knowledge, really made it pretty, uh, it's pretty awesome. It's great. And it does nothing but make us all way better at our job now. Um, well, gives you a lot yeah. of ideas, a lot of ways to change things up. Like we're not afraid to just drastically change something right, like right off, right off the bat because of it. Well, and I was going to say it, it, it puts a whole bunch of different things on, on the, the tap list that, that folks can try and enjoy. Um, I'm, I'm guessing, too, there's got to be a benefit to having all this in addition to just having many things to, to try. But having a distillery and a brewery near each other, I'm guessing you guys get to do some fun projects with that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've had a couple times now where our head distiller is emptying barrels and I've been right next to him filling them with beer right away. Um, that's really the dream when it comes to barrel aged beer, too. Uh, a lot of places uh, sell barrels and you always got to be cautious with those because you don't know how they were treated or how they were saved. But being able to take like a freshly emptied wet whiskey barrel and fill it with beer right away is awesome. It's awesome. It's really, really fun. Um, we've got a couple beers in barrel right now that are, I think we're supposed to start releasing them again in a couple months. Mm -hmm. We've had one that's been aging for about a year, one that's been in for about two years, uh, mostly big stouts, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it's the dream having that to my availability really yeah it's a bummer you just can't produce that much of it you know it's so special and but that's also cool but it's like I can't we can't go sell it to everybody but our beer club members get a great uh, great offering of unique stuff and the distillery has definitely opened up our eyes to all of these different opportunities and and think about how cool it is like this we did a whiskey uh, night last night, whiskey and cigars, and and chef and the brewer and and the distillers got together. But we had a little flight of the whiskey 
and then you got to try the, the banana stout that came out of that same barrel. And that's a really cool thing. You know, it's a real vertical flight that you get that, that taste and you can see the little nuances, but it was, it was really nice. And then have you, I'm guessing too, have you ever got, had a little bit of fun and after using the, the barrels for beer, put it back and put a little more uh, whiskey in it? Or, or is that maybe down the road? We haven't, we haven't done that yet. We haven't gone the reverse um, way. I've always wanted to do that to see what would happen. Uh, I think we'd have to start pretty small though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure we could convince Paul to do that. Well, you know, Jonathan, we have a really unique uh, situation in our distilling uh, uh, tasting room where we filled up the walls with five gallon barrels and uh, we actually, we uh, allow the, the, uh, the customer to actually own that barrel in a sense that we put their name on it, we keep it all for them, we age it. Uh, and then we have to, you know, through ABC law, we have to actually, it's more of a club, but really it's like their barrel and it's in mm -hmm. our facility and they get a choice. The first pass, we usually do a, a bourbon uh, or we'll do a reserve rye. Uh, the second pass, we're doing a single malt and even the third pass, we give him an option. One guy's doing a beer. He decided to use the same barrel and put a beer in it. And, and others are probably going to use, we're probably going to go to a tequila or to a mezcal and make an anejo or a reposado. But it gives uh, 250 people to have the joy of, you know, being small time distillers. And, and they love it. And that's like our, our little uh, dinner last night was all of those, those, those customers, our enthusiasts, our evangelists. And it's a really neat thing to be able to see that vertical and change the same bottle. So they'll get one of 30 bottles that it's all theirs. Uh, I love that. And that, 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 that's a, a fun thing to be part of. Uh, and, and talking a little bit about the, the slow, uh, slow still or the slow spirits. Uh, you, I, I know you put you, your name in it a little bit as well, cause it's rod and hammers, uh, slow, slow spirits. Can you talk a little bit about that? And then just, um, how you guys decided to go that route? Well, it, at first, it was really a trademark issue because we own Slow Brew, and uh, and I went to go trademark Slow Stills, thinking how that shouldn't be that difficult. We own Slow Brew, and lo and behold, that lovely trademark office said, "Nope, can't do it. You have to personalize it. You have to add something to it." And as I thought through it, uh, Hamish's nickname is Hammer. Uh, I'm Rod. It's a it's very nondescript. Most people don't know there's real. It's a there are two guys, Rod and Hammer. It sounds like a Rod and Hammer. Sounds like kind of yeah. you know like the right thing. Uh, it's nice that it is our personalities. The the cut with the Pacific. We both uh, you know enjoy being uh, around the distillery and around uh, the guests. And you know we we are you know we we have personalities that enjoy being around other people. So it's fun. I mean it's really fun for us. And I was gonna say, what what all have you guys launched so far on the slow, uh, slow spirits and, and rod and hammer side? Uh, so far, you, you're kind of seeing it from you. We have our, we have our bourbon, uh, we have our straight rye, we have a cask bourbon, and then we also have our reserve. Oh, <laughs> Knock down the whole board, uh, <laughs> and our reserve rye in selected places uh, that we have on premise and, and locally because we can't make as much as this as we can make of these. And then we have uh, we we have full strength Manhattans and old fashions in bottle as well. And so we'll be working to make those full strengths. Uh, you can't put full strength in can um, because it'll burn through the can. You can lower the strength. <laughs> But, you know, the, the brand, uh, our positioning for Rod and Hammers is true, bold, authentic. And if it's not true and it's not bold and it's not authentic, we are not going to make it. 
so it, we're going to put the, the full strength cocktails in smaller uh, bottles as well as the larger bottles. We will make uh, a whole variety of them, but all brown spirit based. We'll not go into like vodka or gin or uh, tequila. We are going to stick with the brown spirits. We really like that, that category. Uh, and, uh, and we'll just see how that expands. And then we'll probably do some smaller canned cocktails uh, that are less alcohol under the rod and hammers, and that's what we're working on as well. So what's nice about this transaction with Cali Squeeze is it really allows us some freedom to go and focus on these other brands and how they're gonna grow an umbrella underneath this. I was gonna say, it seems like you guys have a lot of irons in the fire and, and some, some cool things coming down, uh, yeah. down, down, the, down the road. Uh, but but for, for both of you, what, what's your journey in, in, in kind of the beer and spirits world been? Um, because you know, Rod, you kind of talked about it at the beginning. You, you know, you grew up kind of enjoying slow brew uh, before kind of you know acquiring it. Have you always been a beer and whiskey guy or, or wine living out in California? Yeah, for for sure. We, you know, I'm I'm Polish stock with big family, uh, and we definitely enjoy spirits and beer and wine. Um, I would say Hamish is probably more of the beer drinker than I am. I enjoy. I really enjoy the Micheladas, and but like for him, like he's a big IPA fan. I, I need more like the wheat beers, and so I was more a fan of that Kelly Squeeze line. Uh, but I think on the spirits, for sure, I'm a spirits guy, and the uh, you know I I love a great whiskey, I love a great Scotch, um, and I think that the idea of California making whiskey. You know that's really what we're trying to wrap up, and it's our it's our whole campaign is you know how this is how California whiskeys, this is you know us we're half surfers we're half cowboys we're you know if we've, you, one day you can be skiing the next day surfing you can go on the same day if you drive fast enough, you know and <laughs> and it's it's that idea that you know can a good whiskey come out of California and that's what we're that's what we're working on how do you make great whiskey out of California so. Uh, that's our goal, and and I know everyone usually associates with you know it's from Kentucky and you know, but I I think it's really working, and and I really I, I love the the feedback and the enthusiasm we have for it. So even when you see on the labels, I mean it is it's slow made with California, and and that's that's cool. And so with the cut with the Pacific, you know, we see ourselves having, you know, everywhere we cut, I can go up to a big wave and. Mavericks and I can go pull water. Um, last week we were on David Walker's uh, beautiful boat uh, outside of the Channel Islands and we were towing two barrels behind us uh, on rope just to get them soaked up with uh, salt water. And we're gonna call uh, we're gonna call them the gaffers because we lost one and we had to gaff it. But <laughs> super fun. Like this is like just stupid fun stuff. And 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 it, what it does is it just helps. Uh, bake the brand that it's a real brand it's a real foundation real people and really you know family and we're not we're not a big company this is just you know we've got in the actual brewery and the and everything between sales and marketing everything we're probably 25 people it's not a monster but we're trying to build great things and you know put it put the real story behind it not not just you know crap out something <laughs> i was gonna say it sounds like you guys are, are all about having a, a good time which is kind of what you talked about at the beginning and um uh kobe is, is that kind of uh how, how it is there you guys are having a good time making good things yeah yeah for the most part um i mean everybody that's done production work knows that production work is hard <laughs> it's hard it's a lot of work i spend 50 <laughs> 60 hours here 
give or take every week. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. Right. We, we all love it. That's why we're all here. Um, we're producing great product that we all love and it's really what, yeah, we're having a good time doing it. And, and then, uh, I, if I remember correctly, are, are you going to be a surfer now too? Are you going to be part of the C team or, or uh, are you still on the land? I, I grew up in Palm Springs in Southern California. I grew, gonna, I grew up in a desert. <laughs> he's going to be a dad soon. That's yeah, what he's going to be. Yeah, actually, my first uh, one's coming in at uh, yeah. end of July. So, so there's no time for time. surfing. <laughs> he's can't. Well, congratulations on that. And, and, and uh, uh, you, you know, that that's a whole new new learning experience as a, a father myself uh, to two and a half year old. Uh, have fun with that. <laughs> I'm incredibly nervous. So. Enjoy your sleep now. Yes, that, that is the right, biggest so thing. It's going to be terrible. Oh. <laughs> uh, now, now, before I let you, you both go, uh, I guess one question for you, Rod, is uh, what what's you, you kind of talked a, a little bit about it talking about now that Cali uh, squeezes uh, being taken away you guys are going to start focusing on some of the other brands a little bit more is that kind of what's next for you all is, is just building up these brands a little bit more or uh, are, are there other brands that may be coming on yeah you know we we have we've surrounded ourselves with some really good people we have some uh, a board of directors that we've curated over the last three years and anyone in business I would I would recommend you always curate a nice board of directors and and one's a famous uh, brand design designer from Stranger and Stranger uh, and he uh, he always is super helpful in uh, our design we also have Adam Lambert who is well known in the beer industry from Dogfish and Rogue and uh, he's he's been a great uh, partner investor uh, friend um, we have uh, you know Simon Thorpe helping helping us out. We've got Tony uh, Hirsch, and our crew is so helpful in being our sounding board to say, guys, this is the direction. Guys, move forward, and and then it, and then it's just a question of, of of you know really your finances and your ability to push forward on those, and your and your partners in sales and distribution. But uh, but I feel like yeah we we. It's not our goal to sell a slow brew or sell a slow stills. It's our goal to build products that uh, have a lot of potential and then move them through the system. But yeah, it's not like we don't, we love what we do. Hamish and I love owning this. We don't we don't. This is just a this is a, this is like you know our midlife crisis. <laughs> That's a good midlife crisis. Uh, yeah. And, and- and uh, Kobe, what, what's uh, some of the, the beers and stuff that you guys are working on that, that folks might be getting to try down the road here soon? Uh, um, the newest, biggest one that's coming out soon is the Pink Lemonade Lager. We've produced it before, but it's we've kind of revamped it and changed it up a little bit. Um, and then we have, like I said, a couple barrels that are coming out really soon. We've done like a churro shot before um, that we're, we made an imperial version of that's sitting in fresh, fresh whiskey barrels. Um, so those, those are the what two. What about the other, the Aussie Kiss? Oh, yeah, our brewmaster came out with a, an all-Australian hopped pail um, that we're going to be brewing up soon, too. Um, we're going to have some taps to fill, so there's a couple. Um, can't go into crazy detail on all of them yet. But, <laughs> John, but I do have the name already. We're going to call it the Aussie Kiss. I like it. I like it, and that's a good tease. See, see mm-hmm. you give people just enough. They want to yep. keep, keep keep watching and, and seeing see what Aussie fun kiss. things will be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then my last question for you both is because before we hopped on, Rod, you were talking about just the space and everything. Uh, what can folks expect when they come out there and visit y'all? Because you guys have what the distillery, the brewery, the event center, restaurant. 
I mean, music, you guys have music too. I mean, yes. Well, so uh, if you visit slowbrew.com, um, you'll be able to pull up every every one of our kind of our let's call it our our assets. But we have a beautiful hotel that's that's located above our original building, right across from the Mission in San Luis Obispo, and that's called the Lofts. And there's only five lofts, but they're two and three bedroom units with, you know, they're really pretty, full of fireplace, kitchens, and lovely place to stay. We have a lot of our friends and family always come and stay with us. Um, we also have a, uh, a five acre facility out here right next to the airport in San Luis Obispo. Literally people will come and wait for their plane flight here at the brewery and walk <laughs> over with their luggage. Uh, but the uh, but this house is this is called the Rock and it's built around a rock and people think that we built the Rock like it's a Disney feature but it's this beautiful rock that's all part of the Seven Sisters which is a volcanic form here on the Central Coast that's pretty famous and so we call it like uh, the Zit off of one of the Seven Sisters and the Rock uh, kind of is our our core basis, our foundation, and, and the whole facility wraps around it. So on one end of the facility is our concert event venue. We have people surprisingly like getting married in breweries and distilleries. So we've been having fun doing uh, some great life celebrations. Uh, we also host some great concerts. We we invested a lot of money into soundproofing and having a giant screen and a, this great vibe. Uh, so we've hosted some great acts already here uh, in the new facility. And then we have our restaurant, which uh, is kind of the house of where the beer tasting is. And then we have a second facility to the far right, which is Rod and Hammer's Slow Stills. And that also has food and, and drink and full cocktails and really tasting, but that's all about the flight experience and having all of the whiskeys. Uh, but it's, it's just been fun expanding it. We built it all out ourselves uh, and it, from dirt five years ago and to see where it's gone in five years just blows me away it was it's a big facility and we didn't think you'd fill it but it's pretty full it's full <laughs> well that, and that's uh, a good sign and that means things are going well yeah no yeah. we're we're super blessed super lucky when i when i said that i'm here 60 hours a week it's not because i'm always working either it's half the time it's because <laughs> i'm at a concert or hanging out in the, in the distillery yeah. or something it's hard to leave half the time so no, it is nice. It's nice that everyone enjoys being at the place they work. You know, mm -hmm. we we all all of the families. It's not not ever do I not walk on campus and see you know the staff enjoying uh, a beer, having a having a hamburger. Some we have a great chef and, and team downstairs who do a great job. And it's just it's a really very chill vibe. We were actually voted the uh, most kid friendly. Uh, dining experience in San Luis. It seems odd that a distillery and a brewery would be the most kid-friendly, but it really is. I mean, we've got ping-pongs and cornhole and big areas for the kids to go run around, but it's that's what's nice about having it uh, out here at the Rock is lots of parking and really open. It's just a big backyard. Well, and, and I was going to say, Kobe, when you, you first birthday party for the for the kid, there you go. You've got a place ready to go. Yep. Yeah. No yeah. I'm kidding. gonna convince these guys to throw it, throw it for me. There uh, you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say parties. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say I'd like to say I, I didn't do that for for my kid's first birthday, but totally did, and it was a blast at one of the local breweries here, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. So hey, it, it could definitely work. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kobe, Rod, I, I really appreciate you guys hopping on to, to talk about the, the many different things that Slow Brewing does and, and how innovative you guys have been from the styles of beer and uh, beer cocktails and even whiskeys that you make uh, to just being innovative with different brands and, 
and, and seeing those grow because you guys are doing some, some really cool things out in California. Well, hey, Jonathan, thank you for recognizing it and thanks for having us on. I'm, I'm just thrilled with all of the growth and the momentum and the fun that we're having. Honestly, it's just fun. And, uh, and, and knowing that what we built, the platform actually works, that, the, that we can do this and, and hopefully we can do it again and again and help get more fun products out to uh, the consumers to experience you know, and try stuff. But we hope to see you out here. We would love to have you come visit, uh, bring the family for sure, and we hope uh, we'll be sending off some great stuff for you so you can actually be drinking with us next time we see you. <laughs> hey, that, that sounds great, and I, and I really appreciate it. Awesome. Oh, man, did we kick off 2021 summer school just right? I appreciate the guys from Slow Brew, Slow Stills, Rod, and Kobe for coming on. It, it was a blast, a perfect way to kick off summer school. Um, and I, I was able to try a few, few of those um, post-episode, uh, so to speak. I haven't tried the bourbon yet, saving that one for the right day. Uh, but man, that taco lager, first off, when I posted it on uh, the story on our Instagram, several people asked, is that like just chips in a can? Like what, what in the world is that? So just right off the bat, people were interested. And honestly, it's, it tastes just like beer. It's just a normal beer, uh, nice little lime kick. Uh, it was really delicious, perfect for a, a summer day. I had it on Memorial Day nice and sunny out perfect beer also i'm pretty sure it'd be perfect with some tacos or, or some uh, mexican food uh the the tio rodrigo those were really like just a perfect blend i, I liken it to you know a perfect way to kick off your day uh, maybe early in the morning if you're going out on the golf course or maybe if you're just having a, a few friends over uh, or, or really anytime but it had a nice balance of, of spices and and flavor it, it was just really good and i can see why uh, these guys have been able to build brands uh, that that they're able to either you know let loose um, like the Cali Squeeze or maybe not even build up even further like the Tio Rodrigo because uh, they're just doing some amazing things. Uh, like I said, we got some more amazing things coming for you in Summer School 2021 next week. How to start your whiskey collection with Chad Watson, aka My Daily Bourbon. We also have summer beers and cocktails and so much more in store for you. I can't wait to share the full lineup with you here soon. And also, like I said, don't forget to check out all of our social media pages uh, for the latest on our giveaway, our superhero fundraiser to benefit CASA of Madison and Clark Counties in Kentucky. And if you don't know about CASA, it's Court Appointed Special Advocates. Uh, they're doing a lot of good things uh, for kids with fam whose families are in the family court systems across the nation if you can. Take a look at, at some information, see maybe how you can get involved in your community. Uh, like I said, they're doing a lot of great things for, for people that need a little bit of extra help. Also, don't forget to check out our Give It A Try highlights. We drop those new pours every Monday night on our social media pages. And be on the lookout for our next cocktail quickie, which is coming to you soon as well on our social media pages. Like I said, a lot of fun there. At Hop Spirits, all one word. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. And don't forget to check out our Partners in Crime One Sit Beer Review on Instagram, at One Sit Beer Review, and Dads on the Deck Podcast. I always like giving them a shout out as well. Uh, give them a listen. Until next time, cheers, everyone.